Praise the Lord. Welcome to the house of God this morning. Title of the message, Dust and Stones. Let's begin with a passage in Psalm 102. Psalm 102, verses 12 to 22. But you, O Lord, shall endure forever and the remembrance of your name to all generations. You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time is come for your servants take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. Dust and stones. So the nation shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord shall build up Zion. He shall appear in his glory. He shall regard the prayer of the destitute and shall not despise their prayer. This will be written for the generation to come that a people yet to be born again, yet to be created, may praise the Lord. For he looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven the Lord viewed the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to release those appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem when the peoples are gathered together and the kingdoms to serve the Lord. When the people are gathered together and the kingdoms to serve the Lord. How many think the gathering of God's people is important? The Lord in the heavens, looking down on the people, looking down on the earth to loose the prisoners, to release those that are appointed to death when the people are gathered together and the kingdoms to serve the Lord. Verse 13 and 14 again. You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time has come for your servants take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. Is the blessing of God, is the favor of God something entirely sovereign or is it something that we are called to facilitate, to encourage. Clearly, it is something we are called to encourage, for we are laborers together with God. The Lord says the time to show mercy on Zion, his people, the time to favor his people is come because the people take pleasure in her stones and favor the dust thereof. Favor on Zion, the favor of the people. Jesus came to the city of God Jerusalem, and the Bible says he wept. He said, how often would I have gathered you, but you were not willing to come. Now your house is left to you desolate, and the days will come when your enemies will compass you about, and there will not be one stone left here upon another, but all will be destroyed. Jeremiah wept over Zion, over Jerusalem. Lamentations 1.4, he said the, the roads to Zion, the paths to the presence of God, the paths to the house of God mourn because none come to the church services, to the feasts of the Lord, the appointed gatherings. The gates of praise are desolate and silent. The priests are sighing. The ministers of the Lord are sighing. Bitterness has set in, Jeremiah said. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, wept over Zion. 
Jesus wept over Jerusalem, the city of God. The apostle Paul wept over the people of God. Are there any weeping prophets in the house this morning? Never before in the history of the Christian church, 2,000 years, have the people of God wanted to gather more seldom and for so little a time as in this hour, in the day in which we live. You will arise and have mercy on Zion, for the time to favor her is come. Yea, the set time is come because your servants take pleasure in her stones and favor the dust thereof. Dust and stones. What are the dust and stones of Zion and of the city of God? Are they material or are they spiritual? And my answer is today they are both. Zion is a place and Zion is a people. Jerusalem is a place, the heavenly Jerusalem, and the heavenly Jerusalem is a people. We used to sing a chorus, Zion is a place of worship. Zion is a place of praise. Zion is the presence of the Lord. Zion is a place of singing. Zion is a place of joy. Zion is the dwelling of our God. The time to favor Zion is when the people take favor in the dust and in the stones. Dust and stones. Genesis 2.7 says, The Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul, a living being. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Psalm 103.14, For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. 1 Peter 2.5, you also as living stones, dust and stones, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Dust and stones. We are the dust and we are the stones. And the promises of, promise of God is sure that if we will take pleasure in one another, if we will favor the dust and the stones of Zion, the people of God and the gathering of the people, that the Lord will pour out his mercy and he will favor us because he says, the set time, the set time has come. My servants take pleasure in your stones and favor the dust thereof. I want to put emphasis on the house of God today. Now we know that the house of God in the Old Testament was a literal building as well as the people. The house of God had a literal aspect to it, the temple. In the New Te Testament, that differentiation is taken away. The people, the real church is the people. Nevertheless, we need a place to meet. We need a place to congregate, to gather. And so there is a physical building or a location some type of facility that the people of God gather to, to serve the Lord, to edify one another, to come under the preaching and counsel of the Word of God. The Quakers, a few hundred years ago, because there was such a preoccupation with the building as the house of God, they began to refer to the building as the steeple house, not the church. The building was the steeple house to differentiate between the building and the people. But we know that the real church is the people of God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, 
but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. We are the dust and we are the stones, the living stones, and we are being built together. We need each other. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. We are the dust and the stones. We are the house of God. Hebrews 3, 6, Scripture says, But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are. We are the house of God. To favor the dust and stones of Zion. To show favor to the dust and stones requires a responsibility for the material aspect of the house of God. The grounds, the building, maintenance, parking lot, ministry departments, sanctuary. There is a physical aspect to our gathering. And though it's not the direct house of God, it's the place we gather. And we must take a responsibility for the dust and stones that make the building. The dust and stones more fully are spiritual. The spiritual aspect of the house of God and if we favor the dust of Zion and take pleasure in her stones, that we would be involved in the spiritual aspect of the house of God, the worship, the prayer, the preaching and teaching, the children's ministry, youth ministry, other departments, all the ministry of the house of God. In Old Testament days when people forsook the house of God, the desire in their hearts waned, they didn't want to come to the house of God. The house of God would fall into disrepair and ruin. And then would come days where the people's hearts would turn back to God and they would cry out to the living God. They would take pleasure once again in the dust of Zion and the stones thereof and they would come back to the house of great, with great joy to restore and to be refreshed by the presence of God. And in those days, Time and time again, it never failed. The blessing of the Lord began to fall on those people. The blessing of the Lord began to fall on those people. Those that gathered, those who said, we're going to take pleasure in Zion. We're going to favor the dust thereof. Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. If I was writing a paraphrase, I'd simply say, let's get to church. Let's get to church. The early church, Luke 24, 51. Now it came to pass while he blessed them, Jesus blessed them that he was parted from them, carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. They returned to Jerusalem. They were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. That was the 
lifestyle, the practice of the early church, continually in the house of God. Now, those who were born again and had understanding of the new covenant, they didn't put their priority on the building anymore. Bible says in Acts 5.12 that they gathered in a certain part of the temple called Solomon's Porch, certain area that would facilitate them. They gathered there continually for prayer, preaching, ministry, worship before the Lord. They needed a place to gather. It wasn't the building so much. It was their gathering, but the building was necessary for them to facilitate the life of God in their midst. My question this morning, why honor the corporate gathering? Why honor the house of God, the gathering of the people? Why honor Zion, the presence of the Lord? Let's go up to Zion. Let's go up to the heavenly Jerusalem. Let's meet with the people of God. Why honor the corporate gathering so? And I have a further question. Why have Sunday morning and Sunday evening services? Why have Sunday evening services? In the last 15, 20, 25 years, 30 years, it's been abandoned in almost entirety. But all of us grew up with it. And you look back into our history, it was there. Not sure it's wise to move the ancient landmarks which our fathers have set. Why? have Sunday evening services? Why have the Sunday meetings? Number one, because it is the time-honored practice of the Christian church. It is the time-honored practice of the Christian church. Sunday morning, Sunday evening. Historically, it's there. The Bible says in Psalm 50 verse 5, gather my saints together unto me those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The Lord says, gather my saints. Who is he speaking to? The ministers of God, the leaders of the house of God. Gather my people. God calling, gather my people together unto me. We honor the Lord's day. Thank God for the Lord's day. Thank God for Sunday. The Lord's day is very important. The early church, the Old Testament, you had the Sabbath on Saturday. Upon the resurrection of Christ and in celebration of that great resurrection, the early church began to meet on Sundays, the first day of the week, and they honored the Lord's Day. On the Isle of Patmos, John, the beloved, the last surviving apostle, exiled for the faith, but on Sunday morning, he was, he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's Day. He was off the coastland of Asia Minor. Just a little ways from Ephesus, his home church, and he knew the believers were gathering there in the morning to worship and seek the Lord and be under teaching. He was far removed, but he said, in spirit, I'm identified with them. I'm going to be seeking God here on the Isle of Patmos. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I asked the staff a couple months ago, when did the pattern of Sunday morning and Sunday evening services originate? And none of us knew the answer. We'd just grown up with it. It was in our past. It was in our belief system. And so I did a little checking, but, you know, I found as far back as the 4th century, A.D. 300s, Eusebius, who was an early church historian, 
said these words, It is surely no small sign of God's power that throughout the whole world in the churches of God, at the rising of the sun and at evening hours, hymns, praises are offered to God. Throughout the whole world in the churches of God, at the rising of the sun and at evening hours. The Lord's day. It's not simply the Lord's morning, the Lord's hour. It's the Lord's day. To serve the Lord, to call on God's presence, morning and evening. You know, after the persecution, the sporadic, sometimes strong persecution of the Roman Empire against Christians in the first three centuries, and then, as you know, the empire, the Roman Empire was... was uh, determined as Christian, and Christianity, even though it was in a very mixed form, became the accepted religion of the Roman Empire under Emperor Constantine. And here's Eusebius in the 300s during Constantine's time, and he says, this is the pattern of the churches. And he says, no small sign of God's power. Once the churches had that liberty and freedom, they met morning and evening. You go through history, you find that in the time of the Reformation, there was the honoring of the morning and evening services. In fact, they had many more meetings. The people of God, it seems, were meeting during the week as well, many, many times. The practice of the Reformation continued on, and in the last 150 years, for sure, all evangelical Pentecostal churches, you track it back for 150 years, they had Sunday morning and Sunday evening services. The time-honored practice of the church. I said to the Lord, for we've had an interruption now of about 18 months, many restrictions and limitations. Should we go back to Sunday night services? Building's almost been closed. We've had drive-in church. We've had online service. We've had restrictions. Should we go back to Sunday evening services? And I made this an aspect of earnest prayer because... It's a new time and a new generation. It's a new day in many ways. And so I began to seek the Lord. I have to admit, I wasn't expecting an audible yes or no, I don't want you to have Sunday night services. Not sure the Lord's going to discourage it, are you? So I, I prayed. I had no answer. I meditated on it and I kept seeking the Lord. And then I heard the still, small voice of the Lord, so pure, so clean, so unmistakable. These simple words, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed the lambs take care of the children on Sunday night for their children's choir, their ministry programs so they can develop and grow. If you love me, feed my sheep. I said, Lord, that's, that's all that I need. It's all that I need. Sunday night service isn't for those who don't want it. It's for those who want it. 
gifts for those who want it, as are any services. I think of a king in the Old Testament. He prepared a great feast, and he invited all his guests. And the Bible says he served royal wine in abundance. But there was a law in the kingdom. He served it according to the law, and the law was this. None should compel. None shall compel. It's not compulsory. He said, I want every person in the kingdom. There's royal wine, but I want it. I want them to drink at their own pleasure. That was the word of the king. The drinking was according to every man's pleasure. And that's how it remains to this day. Number two, why have Sunday night services? Because it is the wisdom of the scriptures. Jesus said, iniquity is going to abound and the agape, the love of many, will grow cold. It's the wisdom of the scriptures to gather. Often, continually. Because iniquity, lawlessness, men are going to be without rules, without principles, without patterns in their life. Because iniquity will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Jesus said to his disciples at that evil day in which they were living, the power of darkness was descending upon him and upon the land. Jesus said, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but he said, you watch out for the flesh. The flesh is weak. It'll take you down. It'll take you out. Watch and pray. The disciples were tired. They were sluggish. They didn't want to watch and pray like Jesus was. And we all know what happened. They fell into temptation. They said, oh, we're strong enough. We're not going to deny the Lord. We're not going to forsake anybody. We're not going to forsake the Lord. We're strong. We can rise up at any moment. But they didn't realize how weak they were without watchful prayers. time-honored practice of the early ch of the Christian church and it's the wisdom of the scriptures to gather Hebrews 10:25 not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day of Christ's coming the day of judgment coming on this world the Lord will return it's a day, a great and terrible day, the Bible says. It'll be a great day for those of us who are saved. It will be a dreadful and terrible day for those who do not know the Lord. And here's the counsel of the Word of God, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some and many today, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Malachi 3, 16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. The King James says, then those who feared the Lord spoke often to one another, and the Lord listened and heard. 
And a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and for those who prize, those who esteem his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels. When I gather up my treasure out of this earth, they will be mine on that day, says the Lord, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. What a promise of God. Those who feared the Lord, those who loved his name, they spoke often, they gathered often, and the Lord looked down and he wrote a book of remembrance. He says, those are the people I'm going to spare in the day of calamity and judgment. I'll gather them up as my special treasure. I asked my son, Graydon, a question concerning the Sunday evening services. I have two sons, Deborah and I, Pastor Mark, and my other son, Graydon, on the bass guitar. We have a few children in heaven of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I said, son, should we go back to Sunday evening services? I said, look at your weekly schedule. I said, Monday, you're up, you're at the office at your work at 8 o'clock. Leave at 5, get home at 5.30, Monday through Friday. Saturday comes, three sons, they're all in music lessons. You're busy all morning with that. You've got, you know, a little time Saturday to do your yard work, your homework, any other kind of maintenance items or picking things up at stores or various places. Since Sunday morning, you're on the worship team. You're here with your family by 7.45, ready to go for worship practice. So we go back to Sunday night services as we were before. You know, you've got maybe three hours in the afternoon and you're back at 4.30 with the worship department practicing and preparing. I said, what do you think? How do you feel about it? I said, you don't have a lot of time to yourself. Tuesday nights we're here. You fill in in the youth department on the bass or the guitar if somebody is missing that night. How do you feel about Sunday night services. Tell me honestly. He said to me, Dad, we need to have Sunday night services. We need to have Sunday evening services. It's for those who want them. It's for those who want to be in the house of God. Why have Sunday evening services? Because it's the time-honored practice of the Christian church because it's the wisdom of the scriptures. And number three, final, because there is protection in the house. <laughs> Worship team, come, please. Because there is protection in the house. Psalm 27, 1 to 6. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, they, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, not sure there's ever been a time of trouble 
worldwide like there is today. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, his house, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his house, his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. There's protection in the house. I thank God for the house. When I was a child, we went to church Sunday morning and Sunday evening, Pentecostal church. Tuesday night, there was prayer and Bible study. We were at music lessons while my parents were prayer and Bible study. Friday night with youth, was youth service. I know with all my heart that the house of God protected me from evil and kept me from wayward ways and kept me from living a life that I would regret. The house of God was protection. Our children are protected here. The more you can have them here, the greater the protection on them. They're with the people of God. They're in the presence of the Lord. This is the Father's house. The Lord says, gather my saints to me so I can bless them. Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. And then comes verse 3 of Psalm 134. The Lord who made heaven and earth bless you out of Zion, out of his presence, out of his house. Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. Genesis 3.8. There are two times in the day when it's cool. Morning and evening. And Adam and Eve walked with God. They gave God time in the morning. Then they busied themselves all day in the garden. They had to till and cultivate and take care of the garden. At night, they folded back into the presence of the Lord. Morning and evening sacrifice. Pastor Mark's going to speak on the evening sacrifice tonight out of the Word of God. The Old Testament, God appointed the morning and evening sacrifice. Psalm 92 says, we are to declare his loving kindness in the morning and declare his faithfulness every night every night there's protection in the house why have Sunday evening services because there's protection in the house David knew it so well he said if I can just get into the house of God with the presence of God's people get in that worship get in that prophetic atmosphere get in that stir of fire he said my head will be lifted up above my enemies I will be set high upon a rock my spirit will be filled with joy I'll have the spirit of courage upon me the Lord will touch my life he'll heal my body he'll strengthen me he'll take care of me I've got enemies I've got foes they come against me but time and time again all they will do is stumble and fall because I know the secret place of God's presence I know the strength of his house I know his pavilion I know his tabernacle In the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his tabernacle. In the secret of his house, he shall hide me. He will set me high upon a rock, and now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies all about me. Therefore, I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. 
Let's stand together this morning.